Before Brother Norman gives us his lesson, just a, a short introduction. My family and I, uh, we lived on the eastern shore, Denton, in the small town of Denton, for a, sure, for a short year or so, a few years ago. And there we uh, went to the eastern church, and we first met Brother Norman. And we couldn't help, a whole family just, we love him. We couldn't help but be impressed by his zeal for God, his enthusiasm, his love for God, and his love for people. And so he was the first person to think of in having a gospel meeting. So we were very blessed, and we ask God's blessings on this meeting and the, the whole Newton family. So with that introduction. I'd like to say good morning to everyone. It's good to see each and every one of you out again on this beautiful Lord's Day morning as we come together to worship the great God of heaven in spirit and in truth. I just want to uh, extend on the behalf of my family a hearty thank you for your hospitality, your warmth, and the love that you have shown us since we've been here since Friday. I don't know about you, but we have been definitely enjoying ourselves, and we appreciate your, uh, again, your hospitality, the love. Uh, that we see and we're praying for you in the midst of your transition and uh, again we love and appreciate brother Carl uh, and for his invitation and along with the opportunity to be able to meet some of the leaders that are here uh, you all are prime for growth uh, we just believe God's word it's amazing things that can happen and we pray as a result of the lesson today you will be encouraged and uh, continue to fight hard for King Jesus let us turn our Bibles to Mark the ninth chapter Mark, the ninth chapter, and I want to begin reading at verse number 14 yet again. We just have to remember that it's a privilege and an honor to worship the great God of heaven in spirit and in truth. Uh, I'm reminded of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 34 and verse number one. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And in verse number four, the, uh, three of that same text, he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And in verse number eight of that same text, he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. And I recommend our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this morning. Let's begin with verse number 14, Mark chapter 9. Again, uh, we are grateful to see a young preacher here, Brother Rodney Lister from the Capital Congregation and some saints from there uh, that I know and recognize. We're grateful to have them supporting this effort also. Verse 14, the Bible reads, and when he came to his disciples and saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning them and straightway all the people, when they beheld him and were greatly amazed, running to him, they saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. 
And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to your disciples that he should cast them out, but they could not. He answered and said unto them, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer with you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him to him, and uh, when he saw him, straightway the spirit teareth him, and he fell to the ground, and he wallowed, and he foamed. And he asked the father, how long has he been in this case? And he said, since a child. And oftentimes it had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. And then the man says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. But notice Jesus' response in 23. He says, if thou can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. This morning, I want to speak to you from the subject, what happens when believers truly believe? What happens when believers truly believe? For those of you who are taking notes out there, I'm being consistent and thematic. I have three points for you this morning. Number one, when believers truly believe, we can seek the Lord and find him. When believers truly believe we can seek the Lord and find help. Number two, don't allow doubt to dismantle your faith. Do not allow doubt to dismantle your faith. And number three, when believers truly believe, all things become possible. When believers truly believe, all things will become possible. One through three, one more time. When believers believe, you can seek the Lord and find help. Number two, don't allow doubt to dismantle your faith. And number three, when believers truly believe, all things become possible. In our text, we see the love of a father on display. His son, his only son was being controlled by a demonic spirit. And the pride of a man is his children. And many times for a father, especially his son, they, there's been the expression over time, you walk just like your father. You talk just like your father. You have a big nose and a big head and big ears just like your father. We, the father realizes that the son has the ability to carry on the family name. Can I get an amen to that? The characteristics, notice, there was a problem with this man's son. He, the characteristics are described in verse 17 of the text. It's referred to as a dumb spirit. And in verse 25, it's referred to as a foul, dumb, and deaf spirit. And church, Satan is always on the prowl trying to wreak havoc in our lives. And if you were in Bible class this morning, I told you in 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you have a marriage that's doing well, it's his job to try to destroy it. If you have a good relationship with your children, it's his job to destroy you. If you have unity in the church, 
it's Satan's job to destroy it. So I have to be on guard. You have to be on guard. Each of us have to be on guard because Satan is trying to attack us. Satan may not have been able to disturb this man's faith directly, but he knew he can wear the man down by affecting his son. You may not be dealing with a circumstance personally in and of itself, but if there's somebody next to you that you love that's dealing with a trial, by default you're dealing with a struggle yourself. Can you identify with that? And that's what's happening in our text today. I don't know about you. Has your child ever been sick? Have you ever had to take them to the hospital because of an accident or sickness? The sickness of a child brings sorrow to the heart of a parent. You remember the Bible? The Bible said that children are a heritage from the Lord. Amen. I, I know sometimes y'all, sometimes y'all, we think they're a headache, but the Bible said they're a heritage. I'm just going to believe the Bible. <laughs> and I love my three children. I'll go through a wall for my children. I will give my life for my own children as a result of the love I have for them. We have to understand the man in this text, he has gone to all of the local hospitals. He's gone to the local crystal ball readers, if you will. He's trying to find help from every source. And he went seeking Jesus, but Jesus was not available at the time. And I declare to you that he did the next best thing. He went to Jesus' disciples because he heard that they had healing power. But there was just one problem, that when he asked them to heal his son, they tried to adjure the spirit, but they could not. And then in our text, we find when Jesus comes down from the mount and he asks, he said, what's going on, everybody? What's, what, what do you, what's, what's all the noise about? And then sometimes the Lord has to handle things by himself. He says, bring him to me. And then we find that the spirit it begins to tear him one more time. And we're going to walk through this. This was a crisis for this man. His boy had a dumb spirit, meaning that he was mute. He had the inability to be able to talk to, or to even carry on a conversation with his father. The boy was also referred to as being deaf. He could not hear the basic instructions of his parents. Communication was difficult for this boy. And in verse number 18 of our text, it shows us that the boy suffered from epileptic fits or seizures, causing him to grind his teeth and to even foam at the mouth. And in verse number 22, the boy would end up burning himself or almost drowning. This evil spirit was trying to destroy this boy and his father. He had been in this case and Jesus said, how long have you been dealing with this? He says, I've been dealing with this from his youth up. Since he was a child, just think about the anxiety that this caused. He never knew when the evil spirit was going to take over his helpless son. It made it difficult to do recreational activities. There was a fear of just going to the market because the last time we went to the marketplace to get some groceries, he knocked over the apple cart. It's difficult to go to public uh, recreational activities and things like weddings. The last time we went to a wedding, he disturbed the whole wedding. This man was on edge. But at the same time, he loved his son. 
Church, it sounds like to me this man needed some help. And I stopped by to tell you this morning, I don't know what your situation, I don't know your circumstance, but everybody in this place this morning is dealing with something. And there's some area in our lives where we need some help. And I declare to you this morning that the answer for your need is Jesus Christ. I admire the man's courage and faith, and I'm sure he tried everything that he could, but he would not receive relief until he turned things over to Jesus. I stop by to tell you, some of us, are we're dealing with some stresses even in our own lives. Some of us have job stress. You know, uh, you know I'm a supervisor, I'm a manager, I'm a CEO, I'm a C-suite individual, I'm a, a CFO, I I've got the pressure of this and I've got the pressure of that and I'm trying to maintain family and the competitors are creeping up on me. There might be some job stress. And you say, preacher, what's the answer? Turn it over to Jesus. Some of you may be dealing with sin. I know I'm not in this boat by myself. I told you last night, Romans 3, 23, the Bible still said all have sinned. Not y'all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some of us might be dealing with some relationship issues. Your marriage might be on the rocks. Well, it might not even be on the rocks. It's just sliding over the cliff. But I stopped by to tell you if you're having a problem in that area, Jesus is still the answer. You might be young people, you might be struggling with peer pressure, the pressure to do drugs, the pressure to have sex is now trickled down from middle school and starting even in the high levels of elementary school. This thing is pervasive. They're, they're, they're trying to get you in order to fit in. Do you know it's a shame to be a virgin in today's culture? Do you know that our kids will be criticized and uh, vilified as a result of preserving themselves? In the culture that we live in, we call good evil and evil good. So even our young people, even though they might not have the bill stress and they might be stressing you out, they're still dealing with some things that they have to deal with. Young people, you say, what's the answer? I'll stop by and declare to you that Jesus is still the answer for your struggle. Mom. You might be doing your best and just trying to keep the house in order and, 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 and maybe work. Or just even if you stay at home, mom, you're just trying to keep the kids in order and it can be difficult. I stopped by to tell you, KID is killing people every day. Y'all get that on the way home. Yeah, kids can be stressful trying to do the best. That you can, but you, but you say, well, I, I feel like I'm, my wits are no longer about me and I'm stressed out. I stop by to tell you, Jesus is still the answer. When you're overwhelmed, when you feel like you're about to lose it and snap, crackle, and pop, and you're about to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you better cry out to Jesus because he's the answer. Some of us have more bills than we have Money, you say, well, well, what am I supposed to do with that? Jesus is still the answer. When we're burdened, we don't, sometimes we don't ask in faith. The Bible says in James chapter 1, in verse number 5 through 7, he says that any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. And then he said, if any man asks, let him ask in faith without 
doubting. And then he said, a double-minded man, he's unstable in all his ways. He said, and that person doesn't come to me and approach my throne in faith. He said, let not that man think that he's going to receive anything from the Lord. You, you approach your God like he has the power to deliver you because he does. The Bible still says in Ephesians 3 and verse number 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Yeah, you have some limitations separate and apart from God, but when you connect yourself into the right power source, he'll enable you to do some things that you could not do without it. The God we serve, he's able. We ask ourselves, is the Lord really capable to help me with this task? I stop by to tell you, he sure enough is. Some may say, listen to how the Lord responded to the man's question. If we go back to our text, in verse number 22, the father says, this is the dynamic that was going on with my son, and, and, and I'm stressed over this, and he says in verse 22, and oftentimes it has cast them into the fire and into the waters. Last time I left him home and he almost burned the house down. He was by a pool. He almost drowned. And he said, and, and to destroy him. But he said, if you can do anything, Lord, I, I know you've been. I, I went to your disciples. They couldn't help him. So that probably means you might not be able to do anything. But if you can do anything. If you can do anything, sometimes that's how we approach the Lord. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. See, that's like I said, sometimes uh, you may not be struggling with the thing personally, but if somebody you love is struggling, it's a burden on you too. Notice in the text, the father said, have compassion on us. Help us. Well, the father didn't have the physical infirmity. But because his son had it, it was as if he had it. So he said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have compassion on us and help us. Then he says, notice the master. Jesus said, if you, you want to use if language, then I'll turn it back on you. He says in verse number 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou can do anything, believe. He said, if you can do anything, if you can believe all things are possible to them that believe. That's what the Lord said. He asked the Lord, he said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us, have mercy on us. And then the Lord said, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Sometimes we haven't come to the point of our breakthrough because we're not operating in faith. But by default, we're operating by fear. We talked about that this morning in Bible class. We need to starve our fears and feed our faith. Listen to how the Lord responds in 23. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. But notice verse number 24 of the text. The father cried out and straightway the father, the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You look at him and say, well, why would he say that? We understand what he's saying. He believed the Lord, but based on some of his past experiences, there was still some doubt. Lord, when I went to your disciples, I heard they had power. And then when they tried to adjure him, they did it in your name. But 
yet my son was still in this case. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. We can identify with this. We may show up on Sundays for worship and hear God's word, but sometimes we still don't believe it enough to live right Monday through Saturday. Some of us, we sing high notes but live low lives. Somebody need to tweet that. We are supposed to be standing on the promises, but sometimes all we're doing is sitting on the premises. But we all are called to greatness by God our Father. God has called us to do greater things. The disciples had an awakening after this utter failure in verse number 28. They do the wise thing and they ask the Lord, how in the world will Lord, in verse number 28, why, why is it that we could not cast out this demon? And notice the Lord's response in 29. The Bible says, and he said unto them, this kind can only come forth by nothing more but by prayer and fasting. The Lord told them that this kind can only come forth or be cast out except there be prayer and fasting. Isn't this interesting that the disciples may have had the power to heal, but the Lord still charged them to have an active prayer life. How's your prayer life this morning? Are you going to God about circumstances that would advance the cause in this congregation? Lord, Lord, I'm just praying that you use me to be a tool at the Annapolis Church of Christ. Lord, because I have so many connections at the school, my kids' school, and on my job, and in the community, and then in karate, they're in soccer, they're in basketball, they're in football. Lord, I come into contact with so many people. Lord, use me to be a tool to draw men unto you, not for my glory, but for your glory. Are we praying that prayer? Lord, bless me so I can be a reservoir, a blessing to others. Is that on your prayer list? If not, we probably should add that. This makes me think about our witness for God. What happens, preacher, when we stop believing? I'm so glad you asked the question. What happens when we stop believing? When we stop believing, we dim the light that is supposed to be shining bright to a lost and a dying world. We're supposed to be letting our light shine to all men so that they can see your good works so that God our Father can be glorified. When we stop believing the death of Christ becomes of none effect. When we stop believing the great commission is no longer great. Because nobody wants to carry it on anymore. When we stop believing the home loses its structure, the father becomes absent, the mother is preoccupied, and our children lose their way. When we stop believing, when we stop believing our marriages are no longer a lifelong commitment, it becomes like the job I no longer like. I just get up and quit. When we stop believing, when we stop believing the word of God will no longer penetrate our hearts and cause us to live in a way that God has called us to. When we stop believing, we become ashamed of the gospel that once saved us. When we stop believing, there was a time you can look back through the annals of time and when you first got baptized and said yes to Jesus, you were excited, you were telling others all the time. And then you said, what happened? We're having a gospel meeting. Well, well I, I can't call time to come out to that. They have to see me when they see me. But Lord, can you bless me because my child's trying to get into school now. Lord, bless them that the SAT scores are way through the roof. 
Lord, bless me here, bless me there, bless me there. But Lord, I, I know I don't have much time to serve you right now. But later on, but see, later on, it's not promised to you. See, we, we speak in presumptive terms in many cases. James says, for what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears for a short time and then vanishes away. You ever been boiling some water on the stove and you see that steam that appears? That's the imagery that James gives us regarding our life. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. And you know what? You've got to make the most out of the time that God has given you. When we stop believing, I stop by to tell you, we no longer become pleasing to God. Why do you say that, preacher? Because the Bible says Hebrews 11 and verse number 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We serve a God that requires faith for his people. Who's going to push the church to the next level? We're looking at you, but who's going to build it to the next level? We haven't come into contact with him yet. But we're going to go get him. Yes, we're in transition with elders. Yes, we're in transition with the preacher. Who's going to provide? God is. Well, what are we going to do? Follow his plan. Well, how are we going to operate? By faith. You say, why? Because that's the prescription in the word of God. If that wasn't good to you, it was good to me. Praise God. That yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. But we got to notice the dynamic. When believers believe all things become possible, not some things. Brothers and sisters, when believers believe Annapolis Church of Christ, if you believe, you can take this city for Christ. But see, you know what? That can only happen if you believe that means you have to put some feet you have to put some feet to your prayers you have to begin to operate in faith let me tell you evangelism doesn't happen by itself somebody has to light a match and i tried to start this weekend by lighting the match but you guys got to fan the flame Somebody said, yes, I know it may be uncomfortable, but I'm going to say something to them or I'm going to give them an invitation to come and to worship with me. Why? Because God is good. Just like God blessed me. And if you realize you're blessed, don't you want somebody to receive that blessing also? Huh? We say God is good in secret, but yet we won't share him with others. But yet I see people on the parking lot. They're talking about the ravens who be giving me a heart attack all year. Got to take ulcer, I feel like you're getting an ulcer and acid tablets and all of that. See, we can, we can speak about that for hours and for hours of the newest movie who's out and, and my son and, and, and my daughter. You know, people keep talking about their kids all the time. Keep talking, and you know, you know, it's all that. We, we can talk about the things that excite us. But when it comes to Jesus, we get mom and, and you know, I, well, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. Hmm. Annapolis. If you believe, you can take this city for Christ. If you believe, you can fill up this beautiful building and move to the next location that God has prepared for you. This will take work, faith, and good stewardship. It's going to take your time, your talents, and your efforts. It'll take your finances, too. The Bible tells us that a steward is a man, a steward. By default, he's a manager of the things that's been entrusted into his care. The steward doesn't own the thing. He manages it. 
for another. Do you know that our bodies, God has given us our bodies to manage for his glory and honor. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says that you have been bought with a price. He said, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his. Guess what your, bo your body, when you say yes to Jesus, your body no longer belongs to you. You know what uh, Paul told the Romans Christians in Romans 12 and verse number one. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brother, that word beseech simply means to beg. He said, I'm begging you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why is it your reasonable service? After all the things and after all the provisions that God has made for you, it's just reasonable that I come and worship him on Sunday. It's just reasonable that I show up on Wednesday night. It's just reasonable that I fellowship with the potluck and all the other activities that we have in the church because God is good. Then he says in verse number two of Romans chapter 12, and be not conformed to this world. Don't take on the mold after the world. He said, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind so that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. Yes, you have something to prove. Are you being a living sacrifice? Let me tell you, you can't take this city for Christ without some sacrifice going on. Yes, that means I have to stretch a little bit. But see, when you think about it in totality, it's only reasonable. Because Jesus, because God sent heaven's best in the person of Jesus Christ. And I tell you and declare to you this morning, he was hung up for our hands. He who knew no sin became sin for you and for me. Man, that, that, that was a, a great show of love. Annapolis, if you believe, you can send out a sweet smelling aroma of love, joy, and peace to the community and people will be falling over themselves to get in here. Guess what? It won't happen if you don't believe. Let me tell you something. I can't believe it for you. I see God using me where I am. Look, where there was not much going on, but things are happening now. We say, I went to the place by faith. There was no children. My kids come from a youth group of 50 or 70 kids, and now they go to a place where they're the only children. They say, Dad, what are we going to do? We're going to do what God tells us to do. And that first week, we baptize a family. The second week, we baptize a family. And another week, and over the course of five years, we baptize 75 people. By whose might? Not mine, but we're going in God's name. I stopped by to tell you this morning, if you do what God says, like he says it, he'll give you the results. I stopped by to declare to you this morning, God meant what he said when he said what he said, or he wouldn't have said what he said when he said what he said. Y'all get that on the way home. God means what he says. Let me tell you, Annapolis, if you believe, you will always have new members because you will be focused on teaching, baptizing, and still teaching. Hang with me, hang with me. If you believe, Annapolis, marriages can be restored and become pleasing to God. We got to open ourselves up to one another. We have to take on the form of discipleship and mentorship as opposed to talking about a couple who's struggling. You have to extend your hand and say, I will help you because we once were there. We can't get better by ourselves. We are in community. 
As Brother Carl used the language, how you doing family? Families help each other. Families work with one another. I tell folk time and time again, the church is not a country club for the saved, but it's a hospital for the sick. He said, well, I'm not sick, brother. He said, well, uh, I don't have a problem. Yes, you do. It's called disillusionment. Praise God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody has a problem. And as a result of the problems that we may have, God has provided CNAs and GNAs and some RNs on his medical staff. There's only one doctor on board, and his name is Jesus. Do you know we represent God's medical staff? So when people have their burdens and their problems, he's looking at us to extend ourselves to be a blessing to others. See, man, do, you, do you realize I had to come to the point and realize God does, just doesn't bless me so I can be blessed by myself. He blesses me so that I can become a reservoir and a resource blessing. If you bless people, they will come. But we also must stand on the principles of God's word. Annapolis Church of Christ, if you inspire young people to do great things in the kingdom, great things will happen. Annapolis if your leaders, if you believe your leaders will continue to love, serve, and to push the church forward. If you believe, you'll please God. If you'll believe, you'll make it to heaven. But none of this will happen unless you believe. I got a question on the floor this morning. Are there any believers in the house? Are there any believers in the house? There was a song out years ago, and it said, if you love me, show me some signs. Amen. Now, now, now look, we say we love God. We ought to be able to demonstrate that to him. We ought to demonstrate that by the way we treat and care for one another. Let me tell you, God already demonstrated how much he loves us. Bible says Romans 5 and verse number 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We realize what God already did, but the question is, what about reciprocity? How is it that I'm showing or demonstrating to God that I love him? You say, well, I came to church today. Outside of that, where's my demonstration? You say, well, I came, but I can look over the audience. That's some folk who's sleeping this morning. They were here in body, but am I here in spirit? You ought to come with a mindset to receive. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 24, he tells us, let us consider one another and provoke one another unto love and good works. You have a responsibility as a member of the body of Christ when we come together to provoke somebody, to stir one another up. What am I supposed to stir one another up into madness or a fight? He said, no, provoke them unto love and good works. Brother, I'm so glad to see you. When your seat is empty, man, there's a hole in my heart. I'm so glad, man, the way you're leading your family. I'm so encouraged by your singing. I'm encouraged by your song as opposed to having five preacher, saute song leader and, and things like that. After service, we need to encourage one another. The Bible says, Hebrews 10, 25, he said, and not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together. As a matter of some is, he said, but exhort which means to build up one another so much the more. Why? Because we see the day approaching. There's a day that's coming. You and I, we don't know the day, the time, or the hour, but we, you and I, we need to be prepared. But when the master comes, he said every steward has to show an accounting of his stewardship. 
We're going to have to give an answer as a result of being a member of the body of Christ. He said, how did you serve? Did you serve willingly or did you serve grudgingly? Church, I want to leave you with this morning that Jesus, he's the answer to all of our world's ills. He's better than all the things that I'm about to name, but I just had to give you a physical so we can make a reference to the spiritual. When I think about Jesus, I I just think about he's better than he's just like all state. You're in good hands with Jesus. When I think about Jesus, it reminds me of bare aspirin because he works wonders. When I think about Jesus, I think about Coca-Cola. He's the real thing. When I think about him, he's like, thou soap, aren't you glad that you know him? He's like Enterprise Renter Car. He'll pick you up. He's like FedEx absolutely positively overnight. He's like GE. He'll bring good things to life. He's like Hallmark. Cared enough to send the very best. That's what my Jesus did. He's like IHOP. Come hungry and leave happy. That's my Jesus. He's like J.C. Penny. It's all inside. He's like Kellogg's Frosty Flakes. Frosty Flakes. He's great. He's like L'Oreal because you're worth it. He's like McDonald's. I'm loving it, but I'm loving him. Amen. He's like Nike, and we just got to get out there and just do it. He's like Orbit. He'll save you. Amen. He's like Proctor and Gamble, touching lives and improving life. He's like Quaker Old. Nothing is better to thee than me. He's like Rolls Royce, trusted to deliver excellent. He's like State Farm, like a good neighbor. Jesus is there. Yeah. He's like Travelocity. You will never roam alone. He's like the U.S. Postal Service. He'll deliver you. He's like Verizon. Can you hear me now? Can you, can you hear me now? He, he's like when Dixie, he getting better all the time. He's like Excedrin. Good at what aches. He's like the yellow pager. If he's out there, it's in here. He's like zest soap. You're not fully clean unless you're Christ fully clean. I stopped by the tape, man, Jesus. He's better than all the things that I just mentioned. And you say, if we serve a God that, that's that good, how come I won't trust him? How come I won't put my hand in his hands? How come I won't put my hands in the hands of a man who was able to deliver this man's son out of that malady, out of that circumstance? And he said to that evil spirit, come out of him right now and enter him no more. And the Bible says that that man's son was restored to his previous setting. Who can do that but my Jesus? You see, if I believe that story, how come I don't believe that he can say, have the same impact in my life? How come I don't believe that? I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I was finishing a while ago, but I'm really going to finish this now. <laughs> Brother Lister, would you read for me? Get Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And I, I need some volunteers. We, we're not going to use this anymore, are we? Can I slide this back? <clears throat> we're going to need, uh, can, I, can I get five brothers here? Five brothers up here. Help me with a demonstration. Psalm 23. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. Strong man. Good looking man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong. All right. All right. We got five guys here. All right. Now we're going to take a trip. We're going to take a trip. Now, Psalm. 23. Uh, the begin, begin there. I think it says something about the Lord. The Lord is, my shepherd. The Lord is who? The Lord is my shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, you you going to want something? I shall not want. I like that. And, and, and uh, uh, Brother Stewart, Mr. Stewart, Mr. Stewart, he's going to represent God for us today. All right, he's going to stand right here. He's the shepherd. He's the shepherd. He, keep going. Keep going. He made me to lie down in green pasture. He made me to lie down in green pasture, leading me beside. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Praise the Lord. Keep going. He he, but God, I serve. He's able to restore my soul. Keep going. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Path of righteousness, not wickedness. Righteousness. Keep going. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let me, let me, let me just drop this off to you. You keep complaining about I'm going through this and I'm going through that and the struggle here and the struggle there. Let me tell you something. The text tells us, Yea, though I walk. what the rod and the staff they they comfort me amen keep going God's able to prepare a table before me even in the presence of my enemies keep going knowing my head with oil my cup runneth over God could man God's blessings will sometimes spill over in your life keep going surely what he looks good to me come on Mark yeah goodness and, and, and what? Oh, doesn't my doesn't John look merciful? Praise the name of Jesus. All right. We going somewhere. Surely what? Goodness and mercy. What is it going to do? See, if the Lord is my shepherd and I stay within his will, the Bible tells us that goodness and mercy is going to follow me. What? Some of the days. Some of the days of my life. All the days of my life. And you going to dwell somewhere? I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord when I feel like it. But when I get a headache, I got to stay home when the weather's bad, you know. He said, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right. Now, now the Lord, uh, he's our shepherd, right? So he's he a good shepherd, so he's going to lead us the right way. Now, in my ride, you got to protect me now. You're going you to put your hand here. In my staff, we all going to be connected here. And then I got, I got mercy over here. my shepherd I shall not want see see even in the midst of your difficulties and your struggles in this life if you keep God in your focus he's able to protect you even when the enemy begins to send thoughts your way but let me tell you something sometimes you stop right here sometimes you know what we do we step outside of his way well because I begin to think I'm smarter than God and then young people have this trouble too medication you know Lord you know uh, Lord he just don't understand it's 2015 now Where's my safety? Where's my security? I'm outside of the protection. 
you to follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's turn around. Let's turn around. Let's turn around. Let's follow you. We're going to keep walking with the Lord come hell or high water, difficulties that may come. I'm going to stay in the Lord. And now this, you might not have a preacher right now, might not have some elders right now, but if I stay in the Lord, he's going to guide us to where we need to be. He's going to protect us. He's going to provide permission because that's the God that we serve. Yeah. I'm done now. I'm done. I'm done. The God we serve, he's able. He's able to make provision. He's able to make a way out of no way. But you know what? You know what God's looking for? He's looking for some folks who truly believe. Huh? He's looking for some folk who are willing to roll up their sleeves and work. Bickering won't get the job done. Dissension will tear things apart. But God wants us to be unified, united around his same cause and focus. Why? Not for our own personal glory, but it's all about him. If this will help advance the cause, count me in. Well, we need somebody to teach the youth. Do the teachers have any backups? Well, no, that's a problem. That means I need to sacrifice myself. Somebody sacrificing to teach the kids while we're out here preaching right now. That's a sacrifice. I heard a sister say, man, I really want to be in there so bad, but they're making a sacrifice. If somebody else can make a sacrifice, that means you and I have to be willing to make a sacrifice. If you don't know Jesus in the parting of your sins, man, you're making a grave mistake. Young man, young, young woman, older man, older woman, you need Jesus. Things not right in your life, he's the only one that can make it right. If you don't know Jesus in the parting of your sins, you come to him by hearing the gospel message. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, how he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You got to be willing to believe that. Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. You got to be willing to repent of your sins. That's stopping and turning. That's making a change of mind what ultimately leads to a change of action. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Bible says the Lord's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all men come to repentance. You know why God hasn't come yet? He's still trying to give you time to turn from the world and turn to him. Be willing to make the great confession, the same confession that the eunuch made in Acts chapter 8. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin. That's what Jesus commanded. He said, Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not will be condemned. Acts 2 and verse number 38, after Peter got finished preaching to the multitude, they asked the question in verse number 37, said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He answered in verse number 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin. No baptism, no forgiveness of sin. That's not something I'm making up. That's in the Bible. Sinner's prayer, won't find it in the Bible. The water's ready. Heavens waiting on standby, ready to rejoice. You know what we're waiting on? We're waiting on you. Anybody hear about the people who lost their lives in Oregon? We're living in a time where no place is safe. The church house is no longer safe. They'll come up and shoot in here. Well, I say, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be good. The college campus is no longer safe. 
Our public schools are no longer safe. Our public buildings are no longer safe. Man, with all this uncertainty around, why would you continue to allow your life to hang in the balance without the security of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? To me, that's just not wise. He's given you today. He's given you the time. He's given you the opportunity to get your life right with him. If you're a member of the body of Jesus Christ and you haven't been doing all that you can, why don't you rededicate your life today? Don't need no speech. You just stand up here and say, look, I'm just praying. I just need prayer to be better than I have been. And do you know what? Sometimes as a result of you coming forth, man, that encourages others. Say, you know what? I know I need to make the same thing. There are some people who walked out of here last night and say, you know what? I was this close from coming forward. They knew they should have, but they didn't. Man, this, this, this message, it's, it's you and God. It's you and God. This is right for me. And, 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 and you know what? See, your belief. See, in order for belief to be active, belief has to be active. I can't just talk about it. We have to be about it. Amen. We're about to stand. We're about to sing the Savior's invitation. You want to be saved today. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Come on and be baptized today. If you want to, if you want prayer for your situation, we have some brothers who are able to pray for your circumstance. Come to Jesus. Let us stand. Let us stand. We're singing. We're singing. We're singing. Come to Jesus.